Hi, everyone, and welcome back to our second episode of Hearing and Doing, Discovering the Action of Faith. My name is Andalyn Laughlin. And I'm Tara Bulger. And we are here once a week to read a chapter of the book of James and discuss how its message can affect the journey of young people and people of all ages as they put their faith into action. Uh, today, we are looking forward to diving into chapter one of the book of James. Um, but before we get started, Tara, will you open us in prayer? Friends, let us pray. Gracious God, you speak to us in the reading of your word. And so we pray that you would speak to us now. Let our faith increase and may our love and service to the world increase also. We ask this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Um, well, I am really excited for this episode. We're going to start digging into the book of James. Um, so just for this first chapter, you know, it's it's about temptation and trials and perseverance, all very common themes that we can all relate to. Yeah. Um, but I'll start by reading a selection of the scripture. So today I'll be reading James chapter 1, verse 2 and 3, 12 through 14, and 22 through 25. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. So do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word and does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Be to God. Well, you know, this first chapter actually inspired the name of this podcast hearing and doing um it's mm -hmm. one of the titles of of this chapter and um you know i think it just i was reading through it and i was praying like what should this be called what is the good what's a good brand for this what's a good <laughs> opening statement right um my marketing background coming through and and yes. i read it and i just thought it <laughs> i thought it perfectly just summed up the concept and message of this book and and it's such an applicable theme that we can all relate to. We hear so many things and we see so many things and we know so many things, but how do we actually do that and live it and, and incorporate that into our life? And how do we take what we know of the Lord and, and put that into practice? Um, so do you have just any initial thoughts about this chapter or, or anything? Yes, I'm sure you're shocked to hear that, but you know, <laughs> when you were reading this, it occurred to me um, in chapter one, verse 23, when we talk about being hearers and doers of the word, you know, James is really saying, um, you can hear the word, but it's until you, if you don't do it, you're going to forget it. Like when he says that they look at, they're like people who look at themselves in a mirror, but when they go away, they forget what they look like. I can talk about grace all I want, but until I offer it to someone else and until it's offered to me, I don't really know what that is and I will forget about it. 
And I, you know, he's not saying it like we're not earning our salvation by doing these things. He's saying, this is how you remember. And I think that resonates with me because that's totally me. <laughs> I have to do something in order to really understand it and remember it. Um, and so I, that was just my first thought. I thought that was really interesting. I've read this before, but that really jumped out at me. You know, that, that really jumped out at me too. And I thought it was so interesting because it's just so true. And, and that's true for anything. You know, what you talked about in the last episode about if you exercise every single day, that becomes a habit. Yeah. But if you forget to do it one day, you're most likely going to forget to do it the next day. And it's become a habit not to do it. So I think yeah. that, and, and, you know, I think that that's so interesting. And it's so true in anything that we do, you know, you'll always be a child of God. You'll always have that relationship, but in order to help it grow and develop, it has to be something that's a priority to you and putting that action, action yeah. towards your faith. And so I, I think that's really interesting. Um, you know, a core part of this chapter, it introduces a very difficult concept in temptation and, and an ugly concept that is, yeah. is difficult for a lot of people to get a handle on or even address in our own life. But it's such a critical part of growing up and just living life throughout your life as, as you continue in so many different facets. But what are um, some thoughts that you have about young people dealing with different kinds of temptation and just temptation as we grow in our faith in general? Yeah. Well, the first thing is that I want to remind everyone, right? Even our Lord and Savior was tempted, yeah. right? I mean, in the beginning of Mark's gospel, the devil takes him out and offers him all the things that would matter to a person, mm -hmm. offers him honor and glory, offers him food, which he needs to survive. So there's always this, no one gets out of temptation and no one gets out of difficulty, right? That's what I want. I want to not experience any difficulty, but that's not, mm -hmm. that's not how life works. As far as temptation, you know, it's so hard. I think I remember when I was a teenager in particular, I wanted nothing more than to have my tribe, mm -hmm. to have my people I fit in with. And in particular, I was always the kind of person who had like one or two really close friends. Yep, and those close friends meant everything to me. My husband's the opposite. He was like friends with everyone, you know? Um, but because I make those people so important to me, I am tempted to do everything that they do and to put aside my discernment in order to be accepted and loved by them. Um, and I'm trying to think, I don't know that it's hugely different as an adult, right? There are still, I would agree. yeah, yeah. I think the only difference is I've gotten a little better at, um, finding people who value the same things I do. Mm -hmm. You know, when, when you're in a, a teenager, you're stuck in this fishbowl of school. And so it's hard to find people who have the same values. You're not even sure what they are yet, maybe. Um, but, you know, as an adult, my life is a little bigger. And so I'm better at finding people who value the same things. And I think that's one of the reasons why church community is so important. Um, to find people who at least have some sort of basis in the same faith system that I do is helpful. But I think over and over again, the biggest temptations are always, I want to be recognized. Mm -hmm. I want to be told that I'm special. And I am tempted to do things that will get me that recognition. 
period. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I, I also think that there are messages in our culture, you know, um, I want to be considered successful. I work mm-hmm. hard. Is that wrong? Maybe not. But the temptation is when I start thinking that that's my true identity yep. and that that's my worth instead of my worth as a child of God. Um, you know, I think another thing that may be hard as a teenager, right, is that there are so many firsts. <laughs> it's yep. your first temptation as far as maybe, you know, um, alcohol or drugs. Mm-hmm. It's your first temptation in terms of uh, what am I going to do to remain friends? Um, there are so many first and you'll fail at those sometimes and then sometimes you won't. Um, I, I, I talk way too much, but uh, <laughs> what do you think of when you think of temptation? No, I mean, exactly what you were saying. And I think when I was reading this and thinking through this and praying about it, you know, I just think it's so, it's just such an integral part of human nature to want to be an insider. It's just all yes. we want is to feel included so badly. And, and that's great in so many ways because you can find your people and that feeling of being included is so wonderful, but it can be really, it can take over your life. It can take over your mind. It can take over your decisions. And so I think that mm-hmm. that's something that is just so, it can be so blinding at any phase of life because everyone just wants to feel accepted and understood so, so badly. And, and I think that when you've felt excluded before and you become included, it's so easy to forget how it felt to be on the outside. Yes. And I, I think that's just, and that's something we all feel, but even if we felt like that person who was so isolated and misunderstood and left out, the minute we become insiders, we're insiders. We're, it, yeah. it, it almost blinds us to the people that are still feeling that way or are new, newly feeling that way. And, and so I think that that's something also that's really interesting with temptation is once you feel like you've made it, you're not, you, you feel so tempted to hold on to that and, and not lose it that you forget yeah. maybe about the other people that were feeling the way that you once did. Um, or feeling the way that, you know, you could feel if you weren't included. And and so I think that's something also, you know, that temptation to exclude is not always rooted in a malicious place, but it's from that insecurity of going back to that feeling. And so I think it's something that's really interesting and, and something we all need to be aware of no matter your age, because We've all felt that way, every single person, you know, and and even the people that you think feel so understood at all times, it's just not possible to feel that way. There's, there's, everyone has felt that, that feeling of, of being on the outside looking in and, and it's such a difficult feeling, but it's something that is also a gift that when we are, when we are growing and when we are learning, we have that ability to understand other people and give compassion to other people and include those other people because we know how it feels to be on the outside. So I think that's And Jesus calls us over and over again to look for the least and the lost. And I think a Mm -hmm. lot of it's about identity. You know, we all at different times in our life want to feel like we're okay and valued the way we are. 
the truth is that that should always come from God. I am valued and loved because I'm a child of God. Absolutely. Um, and if I can truly believe that, it makes it a little easier to be the outsider in some ways. But I do think part of part of our you know calling is always to look around and say who's being left out and who's not being included, and even who's hard to love. Mm -hmm. And how can I acknowledge them or maybe offer them a little hope? Um, so I think that's kind of important to remember too. I, I agree. And I think what, what we were talking about before, you know, the more that you understand that we're all loved equally, we all are included, the easier it is to set that into practice in our own life and to acknowledge that we're all the same and that those people who may be excluded in that moment are the people that God's calling us the most to, to incorporate yeah. into our own lives because we've all felt like that person before. Um, and, and it's our calling to help others feel that included inclusion that, that is actually, we all already are, we all already are included in, in the kingdom of heaven. And, and when we realize that it becomes so much easier to translate into our daily life. Um, yeah. but yeah, just our, uh, transitioning on, but you know, why does it feel so hard to persevere during those temptations and trials as a young person and, and continuing on through life in general, but it can just feel like so overwhelming to do the right thing sometimes, or to do what God's calling us to do, um, which comes in a lot of different, different forms. But what are your thoughts about that? I think a lot of it has to do with time. There are times when we are in difficult places, we think it will just never end. Like it's going to last forever. Yeah. <laughs> so that makes it hard. Right. Um, and so, and I also find that saying no to whatever my temptation is once is easy, but having to say no over and over again, it's hard. Yep. And so, but I do think the thing that I have experienced in my own life, and I think this is true for everyone, which is when I develop that muscle of doing the hard thing, there is a blessing in that. Mm -hmm. And the blessing is this kind of sense of peace. And the blessing is also that it gets easier and easier. Um, so I do think that, you know, that perseverance allows us to grow. And I can't, you know, it's like, again, I'll use the exercise metaphor, right? Which is, mm -hmm. Um, you know, if someone says to me, if you exercise every day, you're going to feel better. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. But when I actually do it, I'm like, holy cow, I do feel better. It's something you have to do in order to experience it. No one else can really describe it to you. Absolutely. You know, I, I think that same thing. And I was actually, I was on a hike with my dad the other day and he had promised me that it was the same uh, physical difficulty as the other ones we had been on. But I'm looking up at this mountain and I was like, there just is no way. I was like, there is just no way. And I was just, I, I told my dad and I, and I love my dad. I love quality time with him. But I was like, I just don't know if this is going to happen today. This just looks yeah. absurd. And, and I, he, you know, he was like, you will feel so much better when we're walking down this hill and mm -hmm. this mountain than, than you will when we're feeling up, when we're walking up and and I just, I had this enormous walking stick and I'm like, I've never felt so out of shape climbing up that thing. <laughs> and, I, and my dad's like killing it in front of me up there. And um, we get up to the top and, and we see this beautiful thing and, and uh, we're walking down and 
and we're about to like sprint down the mountain because we just feel so accomplished. And, yeah. and it's so true. And, and I was, I, he was like, I know I was right. You don't have to tell me. I know I was right. I know this is better. <laughs> oh, that's so nice of you to acknowledge. I was like, oh, thank you, dad. Thanks. I know exactly. And, and it just, it, we had the best day after that, but it, I just have been thinking about that because I just, I was truly convinced that that was just not going to happen, that that was going to be, yeah. I was going to make it up halfway there and and not, it, it was not going to be the payoff that my dad who has hiked that same mountain before yeah. he's been there, he's done it. He knows, uh, he knew the payoff before I did. And so I think that that's something that I think about, I've been thinking about recently, especially in um, preparation for this conversation, yeah. you know, that it just seems so impossible and it seems so not worth it sometimes in the moment. Like, is this really worth making all these sacrifices and feeling so alienated sometimes and feeling so misunderstood, but the payoff of that continuous um, just trajectory forward and, and, and commitment to the process and to what the person who has gone before us has already told us that the payoff will be. Um, it's just so worth it afterwards. And, and it's something we're consistently learning and consistently failing at. So I think that that's. Yeah, I think that's the last thing I wanted to say too, is that lots of us fail mm. at temptation. Um, it is a part of the human condition. I don't think there's any shame in failing, um, but I do think failure is always an opportunity to say, how might I do it a little different next time? Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. No, and I and I wanted. I'm glad, so glad you brought that up. And that was something I just wanted to um, incorporate into this conversation was that there there's no shame in being tempted, as you said, because Jesus was tempted in in such a difficult way, mm -hmm. and and the ways that we're tempted, there, there's no shame in that because every time we struggle or we fall or we fail, that's always an opportunity to take that experience. And um, move forward with it. And it's never too late for that. You know, it's never too late to to make that decision to let the things that have stood in your way before become um, opportunities for success in the future and opportunities for the ways that you can show others, hey, I've experienced this and and I've failed and I've done this. And these are the ways that you can be encouraged on your path to make different choices. And so I think that that's always an opportunity, whether it's something that can be rectified in your own life or something that you can give to someone else. Yes. So I think that's always a beautiful, beautiful opportunity. And we all make mistakes, but we are forgiven and yes. we are given grace um, to make better choices in the future. Um, but thank you so much, Tara, again, for joining me. And thank you everyone for listening. We'll be back next week to discuss chapter two of James. Um, but I hope that no matter your background, circumstance, or phase of life, you've been encouraged by what you've heard and will use this week to find new ways to put your faith into action. Amen. Amen. Amen.